Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Fine Asia, host of the Main Channel Podcast, and the host of the Source Fine Asia YouTube channel. Back with another one. This is supposed to be winter. Like, I'm actually sweating wearing this jacket right now, but I wanted to look good for this interview. Uh, we're hanging out at um, 63 Steak and Burger in Canton Place. You guys have seen me at Mikasa a lot, which is like literally just down the road. And I'm hanging out with Mark, who's been on the podcast a bunch of times. Mark Ramos. He used to be in the shadows. But now he's, uh, I brought him into civilization. Yeah, on you these YouTube keep streets. on coercing me in subtle ways, like, hey, let's meet up and let's do a video. <laughs> okay. All right, so in this video, uh, we're going to be talking about our opinions on the biggest e-commerce changes in 2020 from China. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. So let's talk about uh, 2020. I think for me, I think I've kind of talked about it from a sourcing perspective quite a bit. Um, I would like to know, obviously you're the e-commerce guy. Uh, so I want to know from your perspective, what do you think is going to happen in 2020 versus 2019? We, we just started talking about, like before we started recording, we were talking about the Amazon guys. and, and all this. I, I feel like maybe the people that would have the biggest shock would be the... Amazon sellers? Though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's already been a trend for a few years now that Amazon has been the, the way to go. I mean, it's definitely still the best channel for somebody who's new or trying to like get into business. But as you grow, the competition now, you know, just like anything, the competition is always the most at the lower levels. And as, as you step up, you know, it becomes less competitive, which a lot of people can't understand sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think that in 2020 and beyond, you're just going to be a lot more saturated with the marketplaces. On the Chinese side, for example, the, the business owners are getting way more um, educated. So I think that, and they're so much better in systems building yeah. than, the, than our, like our U.S. partners and stuff like that that I work with because I, I realize that that's where the systems in China are more um, suited for this kind of thing. Like they know how to scale very quickly versus like how people I work with from the States are. So yeah. This is going to be a big change, and they can, I don't think that most people who are doing it from stateside are going to be able to compete with this level of like, expansion. Systemization. Yeah, but, systemiz I mean, I think the thing is with China, uh, Chinese people work so hard in comparison to most uh, most other cultures, and then the way they've grown up, they've taught their whole life has been systemized, you know, from the education standpoint. And then, of mm -hmm. course, you have this whole factory industry that's been around. So factories are all systemized as well. So it's very natural for them to scale up in, in different businesses. Once they actually grasp how the business model works, Correct. they're usually very good at like, you know, picking it up very quickly and systemizing and pushing much more. Right. And then of course they still work six days a week, seven <laughs> days a week. So there's that, that other aspect. Yeah, so, the only yeah. most time they take off is during Chinese New Year. But other than that, they're working all the time, every yeah. as much as possible, you know, without trying to kill themselves, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think I was just doing a, I think I was doing an interview a couple of days ago, and the person asked me, like, so do you take weekends off now? I was like, I don't weekends. I don't believe in weekends anymore you know like weekends don't it's not a thing for me it's not like oh my god it's friday yeah fucking you know, Saturday, so, exactly i'm like <laughs> it's just like saturday is just another day man i might work slightly less because my employees aren't working and because my clients are not working 
Yeah, when but I still go to the office. I still like kind of treat the day like a regular. If there's something to do day. and somebody's open and they're working, yeah. why not do more work yeah, if exactly. possible, right? Yep. So, correct. Um, but as I was saying, like the systems are what's going to be the distinguishing factor. And if like someone doesn't have that in their business plan, then while they can make money, uh, we were talking about this earlier. I said Amazon's still a good place to make money, but if you are in the process of trying to grow your business, you know, branding and that kind of transition is where you need to be focusing on now because Amazon, again, is just the channel. Uh, more, more, more of the events people need to consider their brand if they're actually trying to build something like that and then focus on the steps they need to, to grow their business in that way and learning more about that aspect versus just learning tactics, how to sell on Amazon better. You know, because tactics are tactics, but they eventually will be overrun. And again, I said the Chinese will do it better. This yeah. is what happens. There's a tactic that comes out, and then the Chinese side, I, I'm only referencing the Chinese side because that's the most experience that we have from, from, from the people I work with. But I know that they take any kind of system, they learn it, and then they just make it better because then they know how to like scale it to levels that in the beginning, I was like, that's not possible. Oh, I guess it is possible. <laughs> Do you know any people within like your, your community in e-commerce from China like that um, have had either their businesses completely destroyed or just less revenue, like significant changes where Chinese people flooded their, their product, their, their market? Yeah, I, not, yeah, and in the groups that we're in, for example, like almost everybody has some touch of some kind of hijacker as they're called or some other um, company coming in and taking their spot and you know they're like they try to protect themselves but they're still playing in Amazon's uh, playground so no. they still gotta you know play those rules and, and it's just part of the becomes part of the process now it's not something that is being taught so much in all the courses but that's kind of like the main part of the game now it's like okay you get your product you find it you list it you start making money and then as soon as you start making money that's when you start running into these issues because the tools will start identifying your product as being something that's hot on, yeah. the, on the market right so I still remember the days a few years ago when you can you know survive like you know for a few months at least without having any problem now it's like within a month you know you're gonna start seeing a competitor show up the moment you start doing well someone else is gonna come in so. yeah for sure I mean uh, unless I guess there's some ways to protect that, like you get like brand, brand registry, under, yeah, brand and all that, yeah. and registry. But, but even when you do that, you know, I still hear tons of people having issues, like protecting their brand. They have to prove. It's funny that you still have to prove yourself, and and sometimes they might lock your account, and like every day that happens, that's money out of your pocket, right? Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so this is why we always tell people not to like just rely strictly on this one channel doesn't have to just be Amazon, whatever they're using, right? So uh, when you have your own brand and you control everything and that becomes all in your power, at least. It's funny how it always, it always goes back to the brand stuff because even like I remember with uh, EC when we first started doing, uh, when I first started becoming an EC partner, which is like what, 2016? And uh, we had a lot of people come in and that's the time when Amazon was, was really at its peak. Mm. And so we had a lot of people coming in, ask, wanting to join the Enter China program, but wanting to learn how to sell on Amazon. And that was like, we were just, like, I wasn't against it, because like, I understood the, the, the benefits, but really the Enter China program was more about building a brand. So I remember Nick Ramil, who just doesn't care about Amazon at all. Like, he's just like, he was so against it. Um, and he was like, just wait, he was like, wait for a couple of years, you're gonna see a lot of these guys wanting to now build a brand when they should have just started building a brand from the beginning. 
Correct. But I, I, my opinion on that is just basically like it's fine to start off with the OEM situation on Amazon and then eventually, but you should always have it in the back of your mind that eventually to make this a defensible business, I got to build a brand around this. Correct. I mean, Nick's a smart guy, so he knew. But at the same time, they still had to cater to this demand because that's what people are asking for. Well, and the thing is. about Nick is like, if you look at his background, all of his stuff was building brands, right? Like the, the first, like the two crowdfunding campaigns, it was all brand stuff, uh, Vincero and, and Lexal. And of course, when he starts working with, with uh, Brink, uh, when he became a partner at Brink, all they do is build brands. So it's <laughs> sure. like, he just comes with the mentality. Yeah, like, and of course he's going to push that, but that's the right way. It's the, the strong foundational background. So yeah. if you build a brand, you're pretty much protected, right? You're going to be protected from any kind of channel. And building your own, you know, I always stress building your own at least customer database that you can contact directly, that's the ultimate because then you're insulated from basically everything. Even though there's all these hot channels, you know, ManyChat, you know, chatbots, all that, and all the new, every time there's new technology, what's funny is like, email is still the cornerstone of, of most businesses. Building customer lists and database and stuff like that, so. I guess the question I, I would ask is, I think that a big part of the reason why Amazon is so appealing is just the, the, the initial costs of, of starting up, right? So, I think one big question that I get a lot, and I can't really answer it because I don't do the marketing side of things, but I, I, from a manufacturing standpoint, you can start a new product relatively inexpensively, like depending on the product that you're, you're working on. I know some guys who, like clients of mine, who started off with ODM products that were less than $10,000, like as in everything from beginning to end of mass production and shipping. Um, but I think people worry about the actual marketing side of things is when you're building your own brand, creating your own website, the, you know, the ads and, and all that stuff. Um, you know, even coming up with a brand identity. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not so saying what, it's easier. Your, uh, I didn't say it's easy, right? But um, now you bring up the point about, you know, cost. Like, you know, years ago, you could have started with $500 and kind of got something going. That's not possible at all anymore to start an Amazon. I mean, literally, unless you're finding these low-end products, but what's funny is everybody's there. Because right? yeah. the lower the end, the product and price point, that's where everybody's like, oh, I'm going to test out these markets more because it's easier for me in a budget. And I said, the way to actually stand down now is actually finding the bigger, more expensive products and things that are a little bit more challenging in some way, like shipping processes or stuff like that. That's the way you can kind of compete easier in the Amazon game. But to be truthful, I said the easiest way to actually analyze products would be the dropship model. Even though a lot of people tell me it's like, oh, that's not real. I was like, what's the difference between what you're talking about on Amazon and dropshipping? I mean, like you said, OEM and you know, ODM and I don't, I don't know, every time I mix up the, the terminology, but <laughs> you know, dropshipping, you understand the process is like just using, you know, these these people are using um, channels like Alibaba, AliExpress, and then just having it shipped by those you know, training companies directly to the customer. Yeah, it takes time, but what's funny is you can really massage and use your budget and capital to find the actual product that does better first in a lot more cost-effective way. But you know, that, that's, you have to understand how to use the model properly, because so a, a lot of people get lazy and they just use dropshipping as their total business model, and that's even worse than just doing Amazon now. Yeah. You're just totally like relying on like, you know, this product and then anything can happen you know like at that point and you do want to evolve to the point where you build this product that's more unique and within your your brand um, vision but you know but that's the fastest way to actually to test the market in my opinion you know like so, starting with drop shipping and then transitioning into like sourcing it yourself yeah right, you know right so so, so uh, with the original design aspect like uh, the ODM process 
do you think there's a misconception in terms of how expensive it is to then launch the brand after forget about the sourcing but like the actual brand identity the marketing side of things creating your own e-commerce store do you think it's I think it's less expensive now than it was before I'm sure I know that is that that's the case but less expensive well there's just more tools that you can use to create yeah, a website yeah there's, there's a lot like, oh yeah I, I see what you're saying like, like starting off yeah. from scratch or whatever yeah. but like you said it's probably just the thought of it now I hear it out loud it's like it sounds a lot more challenging because it's like Mark that's not so easy to do it's like yeah. building a brand well but, and I I'm ne- I would never say that it's easy and I think I think anybody that's starting a company that thinks it's going to be easy is, is you know you're doing well, some it. people think you should retire well, I can go to Amazon and like <laughs> live the lifestyle you know that I want just by plugging playing well but yeah so I'm talking about that Amazon side of things, but like in terms of with the original design thing, I think that uh, most people, if they're going to create their own product, their own brand, they do have a, a rough idea that this is going to take time and, and whatever. But I think the cost is really the the most prohibitive sure. factor. So I mean, that's where I'm you always start to, from. You know, like point out that the you know, budget, right? Yeah. I mean, somebody has to be a truthful and say, hey, "Look, this is how much money I have to work with. Which is the best model for me?" And sometimes, you know. The answer is like, keep working your job and putting money aside. Yeah. <laughs> when people say, oh, you know, I only have this much, I say, that's not enough like to survive the, the, the ebb and flow of how the business model works these days anymore. Unless well, you're, if, if, if you're still, let's say if you're still working a nine to five, but you want to launch your own brand and you're willing to do it like slowly, right? Like, yeah. Let's say you spend I don't ten thousand dollars on the whole sourcing process. Like this is and this is on the very low end. Yeah, um, that is the low well, end nowadays compared to yeah. you know like the past, like what you were saying. And, uh, but for that's for original because original design. I mean, on average, is probably going to cost you thirty thousand dollars to launch yeah. your product before you start spending before money you on marketing. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, like I said, I have had a few clients here and there that have picked the right product that we could get a low MOQ on. There was a very minimal mold uh, charge, maybe two thousand dollars, a thousand dollars shipping, maybe a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? And then the order itself was like five, six k. Hmm. So it does happen. It's 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 very rare, but it does. How much money on the low end do you think somebody could put aside for the actual launching of the e-commerce store, uh, doing a little bit of Facebook ads, things like that? Wow. So we're just talking if about you were like bare minimum, like. I'm gonna launch small and then build it up over time because I don't have the budget, but I want to start now. Okay. Yeah. First off, let me just say, like, in the way that I would do this all the time is think from the product that you're trying to get into and build a community around that. That's yeah. always my recommendation. So that doesn't take as much money as all this other stuff is because you can actually sell other people's products or even use Amazon as the channel to sell those products. If does that make sense? It's yeah. like because. Uh, I come from the search engine background, so my experience in the old days was, you know, doing affiliate marketing first. And you know, Amazon has a strong affiliate program, so this is the way I used to always test like products prior to actually getting into them. Was like building, you know, referring other people's products that I wanted to get into, seeing what the conversion rate is, and then transitioning into um, actually sourcing the product myself and then taking that traffic. Does that make? Yeah, know? that makes sense. So you know, my recommendation, if you had like a lower budget, would be to like learn like how to drive ads or like trying to learn some organic traffic ways to attract the attention and build a community around it showing that you're some kind of expert in this particular space space yeah, yeah. So, so that makes sense so like what about um i'm just trying to think of like a random product let's say if i was making a, a tie clip that's made from wood you know <laughs> what i mean 
Um, tie clip for what? Like just a tie, like tie clip, like something. Oh, oh, oh fashion, so, yeah, fashion, fashion thing. Like so then okay. I would maybe jump into forums, men's fashion forums. Yeah, things I like mean, that, like, to, are you really yeah. into that? So then, if I was somebody who was really into men's fashion, I would be posting like just regular things that I, you know. I would start like researching all the fashion blogs, all the fashion thing, and then build your own brand around it. Meaning, you could be a critic or whatever. It's like, hey, look, the Golden Globes, the Oscars came up. Look at the guys, what they're wearing. This yeah. is what you know. Start pointing out stuff, and then become that. Reference become, and then building number reference, build a build a name for yourself. Within yeah, that exactly. And, then, and that doesn't cost you anything except for the time that you invest in putting. Yeah, you need to go into the video and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but if that's not you, then I also tell people to be very self-aware, as Gary Vee would say. It's like know what your strengths are. If you're into video, then do video. If you're into audio, do audio. If you're into writing, then and pho photography, do it from that angle. Yeah. But find the angle that you are strong in and then do that and then that doesn't cost you anything except for your time and your passion for the for the industry and that then this sense. way you can you know easily gateway into that product right because then it's you're not just limited to a wooden why, why are you selling this tie with a wooden clip i mean then you have your story but then you can tell where you came from and they can see this whole history of you and actually you, you, being you, an might, expert. you might be able to launch with a community behind you already backing this. exactly which is funny which is funny because that's kind of like <laughs> Um, I mean, that's basically the enter China business model that they teach is like okay. how yeah. to build that community. Like yeah, that I mean, that's the smart way yeah. because then you're insulated from, you know, how does this product sell or whatever. You're just going by numbers that using the tools you, you, you had. I said, that's, you know, that's not the full story a lot of times. Sometimes it's like, how are this guy, you know, we, we see it all the time here in, in China, for example. It's like some product, we don't know how in the world, but it's usually just because some some KOL, you know, very important person just goes behind it. Like I just saw this some um, recent thing from somebody who sold like coffee from Africa and they use a KOL and I was like, nothing special about the coffee, but people, this KOL already had a lot of fans. So the fact that she shows up promoting it, you know, they just sell out their stock like in a second, right? So you're like, how can you predict that? Unless we could, because we know the kind of reach and what kind of uptake this person has so you know you just you got to think this way now i think in the future trying to uh, of course you don't you, you don't need to be a superstar but just show that you're actually good at what you're because it's just a stronger angle for you and for your brand right it's for like, me for me it's funny because i did i did it in the opposite way <laughs> i launched sfa mm -hmm. And then now I've built, I'm building the community, you know, so over the past... Four and there's nothing wrong with it because yeah. you're, you're aware of it now and you realize, oh, okay, you know, like, and you see how it's... Well, I also knew from the beginning, but I think, uh, I think the difference is, like, it's a service-based business. Like, it's a little bit different because um, the service is, like, based off of expertise. And so you kind of have to spend a lot of time building up that expertise. There's a certain level in yeah. each industry where the expertise is not enough anymore, right? Yeah. It's like everybody's about the same, so what's the distinguishing factor? It's just is the, who and the community. Yeah, the connections you make and just yeah. you know how much you're out there doing your thing. And people who relate to you more than somebody else, right? It's like, I don't like that guy. I mean, that's really, sometimes no one wants to say it out loud in yeah. this day and age of, you know, of social media, but you know, inside they're already saying, I don't like that person. No matter what they do, even if they're actual um, business ethic is, is strong, they just don't like the person in general, they're just not going to work with them. And, yeah. you know, you can't force somebody to, to change their mind about that. That's just what it is. Building a community, all that stuff, that's... that's it is a lot of work. I understand when you hear it, but then I said, yeah. you know how much work it is to combat hijackers and all that other stuff? <laughs> it's also, you know, I know some guys spending two, three months of their lives on that particular issue when they should just be launching and building new products and brand and, and other stuff. So, I think it depends on what 
you like to do. I mean, I, I know it takes a longer, but in the end, I still think, you know, investing in this is a very high priority in anybody's business. I mean, okay, so two questions, and the one is going to lead into the other. What is the, in a perfect scenario, not, not a large company, but a, uh, an entrepreneur that's been saving up money for a while, what is, what is a good budget for launching a brand, just an av- like an average budget? Three to five k, something. Yeah, just for the marketing. Knowing that they understand how to do stuff. If they don't know how to do anything, like they don't know marketing or they don't know how to like even do an ad, might be more just because of the the process of learning it. Might have to. Then that's if you're doing it yourself, not if you hire. I was gonna say. Yeah, if you hire somebody else to help you with that. Yeah, unless you're so skilled, then you can start with like five hundred dollars. But then even then, it takes a lot of time, right? <laughs> it's gonna because you need like the actual understanding of the, the tactics and everything to even do that. But so is is three to five k if you're doing it yourself, or is it if you work with if you work that with would help? be you know, getting somebody involved a little bit and trying to run a few ads and really massaging the idea correctly. I yep. think you can do that with somebody. You know, but those probably, those people who would agree to do something like that might want a percentage of some of the profit in the beginning if at least they believe in that, yeah, yeah they're going to say hey look i think your idea is strong like you know you put some capital behind it and i might share a little bit of the revenue i mean that's a smarter play i mean you know it's hard to tell because every industry comes from what the industry is and what strengths you as a business owner brings to the table right and it's like hey i'm an expert in swimming whatever and i could do oh, okay so now you're going to launch this kind of product then we can do something around that you know mm-hmm. This is, but if you're like, hey, I don't have any interest in this thing, but I see it has a good opportunity. I said, well, we're, you know, you might not be that person, so you need to get somebody. So now, there's more cost involved, right? Because yeah. you have to partner with somebody or share, or you know what I mean. So every situation, I believe, is different. So it's hard to give you a hard, you know, simple number. But you know, the internet businesses, you could be started. I mean, we're we're doing this in the context of like, imagine you had to start a franchise, like business. I mean, look how much money people have yeah. to invest in doing that. So when I That's mentioned like something, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're you're signing away a lot of credit lines and stuff like that and things versus here. I was like, oh, even. I, I always think I think it's a time thing right like so uh, like a lot of people have, not a lot of people but some people that have known me for a while like now source from asia we started in april may uh, by the way i'm, I'm going to talk about this my first year in china i think we got our first payment may or june of 2015 so now it's 2020 we're going to be five years old soon i think you start to transition less from being a startup around like let's say six six years or so but uh you know, some people have been like, well, do you feel like uh, the company's growth has been, you know, as much as it could be, right? And my opinion is this, it's like, in terms of percentages, like if we look at the average year over year growth, it's, we're in the top like five, 10% of companies that grow and that's it. But in terms of the actual amount of money, it might not be as much as, you know, some, what you would expect. Okay. But that's because we never had any investment. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. if we had investment at the beginning, like if I had taken on investors and take on 50K, 100K, and then you're now putting money towards paid advertising and all that stuff, exactly. then you can grow much faster. Sure. Um, so it's a, that's kind of the trade-off, I think, is like... Yeah, time gonna, you, and yeah, time. actually having the capability or the knowledge is, yeah. you know, well, you, then, you, if yeah, you had the you money, a, if right? If you do have the investment, then you can hire experts to... Yeah, whereas, like, but do you know yeah. who to hire yet yeah, at yeah, that time, right? You know, like the beginning, you probably didn't know who to hire yet because you were still understanding the business model. So, right. again, going back to the conversation that we were having inside, I, I'm more so in the perspective of like we're growing year over year, 
I'm living the lifestyle. I can afford to live the lifestyle that I want to live. Mm. Um, and I have 100% control of my business. Yeah. So would I want to have made $10 million in three years? Of course. But if that had required me to give up 60% of the business, I don't know. Man. I, uh, and if that had required me to have uh, investors board, that I have to investors, answer to, yeah. like, no. so that, that means I wouldn't be able to just like leave, whenever leave you for three to. months. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have to like answer to this. Oh, well, why do you want to leave for three? Because I want to leave for three months. Yeah, <laughs> like I can correct. manage the business so, from abroad, like that kind of stuff. Now you're going to like you know vision and perspective yeah. and everything. So, but I was just I'm saying that to say that you uh, it's it's a choice of like you can still launch the brand. It's just going to take longer if you have less money. Yeah, uh, it's always the yeah. time versus how much money you have, kind of yeah. thing, right? And and even then, it's like that's why throwing numbers I think doesn't really help until you actually speak to the person and seeing what their actual experience is and well I just, I just try to give people an idea because yeah. I think that's always the question when somebody's watching a video of course. like this they're like well how much money do I have yeah. to have? don't believe anybody tells you it costs like a hundred dollars <laughs> and that's it you know yeah, it's no, like that's, crazy. That, that's just their lead in to let you sign up for more programs that they want to sell you yeah. and you know to be honest everything to learn to run and make money on it online could be found for free if you just do enough research. So if I you have enough time, yeah. you just research online and you can get a good understanding of how to run something. It's nothing tricky until you get to a certain level of your business that you need to talk and consult with experts more. You know? I think for original design products from the manufacturing side of things, I feel like, like I said, 10 grand would be on the small, on the lower end, but I feel sure. like the average. Well, when you're 20. dealing with physical products and yeah. actually talking about doing unique designs, there's a yeah. hard cost involved. It's 20, right? 20 is probably, $20,000 is probably the average. Yeah. Amount of when money. someone hears that, they go, yeah. oh, wait a minute, yeah. you know, like, I didn't and that's know. That's if you're doing it by yourself. That's not including yeah. my so service. When I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so imagine, like, you know, so would I recommend somebody who doesn't really know the market to do that? No. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's like being. Un, uh, irresponsible by saying, hey, go into any market just because the tool told you so and invest 20, 30K to yeah. test the market. I'd be like, I, I wouldn't feel good inside to recommend anybody doing that. I would say, hey, take that 20, 30K if you have it and invest in the research by selling somebody else's product similar to yours. You'll, you'll get more experience doing that There yourself. are also people that just, but there are also people that are just, I've had clients like this that are just really passionate about that specific product and they don't care well, if... They care know, when it, they all of a sudden don't make money. <laughs> well, maybe like a lot of the guys, a lot of the people I'm thinking about, this is their second or third business. Okay, yeah. And this is like a Well, passion, first off, they already have... A little bit of a passion for So they have their main income coming they have, from the, Yeah, if they have success yeah. and most likely they will have success again, right? You're talking the difference between someone who's like, hey, I have two or three Amazon businesses, they're doing well. What do you think of this idea? Well, I yeah. think you have a higher chance of success then some new person who say, hey, I heard about this opportunity yeah. called, you know, Amazon. I, you know, that's a totally different person, right? Like, you know, like you, you were talking earlier, it's like somebody who has like a CV of 15 years of experience, like running an e-commerce business, it's going to have way more success than some new person just, under, you know, learning about this business model to start, right? So, yeah. again, you know, talk to the person, see what their actual experience is, what they actually know how to do, and then the money starts becoming not, not the most important part. Because the, the money part, to be honest, you can find it from anybody, right? It's like, okay, if you can actually prove you can do the model, it's very easy to like, borrow money from even Amazon themselves will give you money and credit, but you know, I'm not saying that's the right way to go, but just like when people learn real estate investing, they can get hard money loans and all kinds of, you know, the money part, there, there's always gonna be money out there for you to get into. It's just a matter of, can you prove the concept and, or you know, run the business, then somebody will back you. I mean, again, you're giving up control, but that's not the excuse that 
um, you should have, like, I can't afford it. You know, it's like, it's about can you actually figure out the model that will work and using yeah. your time and money that you do have effectively. So that being said, that leads me to my next point, which is like, what do you think about crowdfunding uh, in 2020? Crowdfunding in general is great. I think that if you know you really have something very unique to offer, then I would totally get into the crowdfunding. You know, just be aware though that every successful crowdfunding campaign will also ignite the competitors right after that. So it's like you know you have to be pretty strong in your um, future plan after that success because you you know just again thinking about your brand ahead of time before even doing that. But using that platform. You know, I've seen tons of guys using not just the popular ones like Kickstarter or, or anybody that's out there. They do it themselves using like um, their own tools, but they're crowdfunding through their list, again, because they built that brand. Yeah. It's very easy to, you know, because you're using those platforms to get the traffic from those brands. Again, why you use Amazon is because they already have traffic for the, for the products that you're going for, you know. But when you start having control of your own traffic, you're not, you know, you're not limited to those channels anymore. You can dictate anything that you want at that point, right? So my opinion is like if you have some good concept that you don't have enough money to back, then I would use a crowdfunding platform to, to get it started, you know? But yeah. um, you need to talk to experts for that though because yeah. it really is down to the video and well, everything. Well, like, me and Mike just did like, um, I, don't, I don't know if this will come up before or after, but me and Mike were doing like a retrospective on the biggest manufacturing changes over the last decade. Mm. And like Mike had his crowdfunding campaigns like six years ago. And you know, those are campaigns that were, you know, six figure campaigns on a, on a shoestring budget, like mm. five grand, yeah, ten yeah, grand yeah. for the budget. And because uh, well, now you're not putting your own money to do the manufacturing, but right? But now, now it's like, yeah, like this, you might make six figures, but you probably spent six figures to make the six figures now. It's like, yeah, it's true. Because <laughs> like now the production value of the video has yeah. to go up, the competition again is higher. Um, again, the question was like, do I feel those platforms are good? Yeah, I mean, depends, like, again, your goal. Like, but see, I always come back to the same full circle back to, okay, if you have a brand, your own list, you can use that because it's very easy to promote that campaign now because you say, hey, look, I got this campaign coming up, yeah. shoot it to your list, they're gonna go support it. And then it just, you know, cycle, you know, you know, virally grows from there. That's usually, there's like a break point in every kind of um, channel, like in crowd, in crowdfunding and like YouTube, for example, or any of these channels, like you hit this number, then boom, it's like, you don't even know where the algorithm changes and then you just start growing your subscriber base like crazy and nothing to do with your effort. It's just, there's a certain number that all of a sudden the algorithm recognizes and they just start pumping out your, your stuff. So, yeah. you know, it seems like it takes forever to get to the top of that mountain, but once you get to the top and it starts rolling down. Oh, believe me, I'm, <laughs> I'm there right now. Just like, you can feel it, day, right? Every day yeah. I'm checking the subscribers and saying, okay, come on, you were happy. Give me to a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were so happy when you got 10 or two or three or I was, 10, I, was, you know? I was happy when I got, uh, I was happy when I got a hundred. I think the biggest, the coolest thing for me was like, it took us like two years to get 300 subscribers and then we ended up getting 300 subscribers in like three months or six months or something like that. So like seeing that, that pace pick up is, is, is yeah, really of course. Cool. And you're getting an inside think, well, look get... into Rico's uh, viral growth now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I've talked about it before, I made videos about it. Uh, okay. But I think once we get to a thousand, I just, I feel like that's going to be a good, at least everybody that I know that's that's been on YouTube as well is like when they got to a thousand. Not that the, the subscribers start jumping; it's more just the amount of interactions you get, 
um, the amount of views on average per video. Uh, and of course, for us, it's ultimately going to come down to inquiries as well. So, like, um, you know, where the thousand subscribers, like, I've already noticed that our inquiries have jumped anyways, but I think a thousand is like a really good number yeah. for that. That's the goal. And then, you know, yeah. once you hit that, then it's just going to grow. Also, like, a thousand plus some other criteria, that's when you start making math, uh, on money from ads, which is not really my main yeah. business thing, but like it just it tells you what YouTube thinks of somebody with a thousand. Correct. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, no, I think, I mean, is there anything else in terms of 2020 that we didn't, we didn't touch on? Mm, yeah, I think you talked about like, or we did talk about like people trying to say hey I want to source from other countries what is your opinion on that and I said yeah you know there are certain um, product lines that might be better suited and cheaper in those countries but I still think that the level of um, pr production value and and those things will never be matched for at least you know three to five years minimum before those companies will, those countries I mean will catch up to China's level I don't even of, think they're going to catch up yeah I mean I'm trying to be generous and yeah. giving them that thing but you know when people ask me I say oh you know like if that's your goal and trying to you know hope that happens I said yeah. you're still going to be waiting on it because I think know. it's and uh, like we talked about it as like I think it's a very product specific correct huh? um, you know if we're talking about products that are that are textile based and mm -hmm. stuff that requires a lot of manual labor mm -hmm. yeah those those products are going to start to shift outside well, they already started shifting outside of mm -hmm. China but I mean anything else that requires expertise and machinery and things like that like I mean, these machines sometimes cost half a million dollars. Yeah. And there's already thousands of factories in China that have those machines. Sure. Just which other country can afford to invest yeah. billions of dollars into even just the machines alone? Correct. Like, you know, so. so, yeah, you're, you're right. It's product specific. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't even think about it, to be honest. Like, it's like, uh, yeah, keep it in the back of your mind. And again, if that's your industry, then yeah, go full, full on there. But, you know, just that's not even shouldn't be your concern it's just like finding the right product and building the brand around the product that you want to promote is your key um, choice as a business owner I mean yeah. like not thinking about those things like it's like okay what is the product what does my audience want and then making for them that's it you know <laughs> well, um, so I have another question going off of that going outside of China uh, oh yeah so then the other part that we were talking about is like it depends on what, what your, uh, what is the point of you going outside of China? Is it because you want to get cheaper prices, um, or is it like a political protest? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a political protesting. Then you know, unfortunately, most of the factories that are outside of China are still owned by Chinese yeah. people. Yeah, I mean, those same business owners have the same idea, so they're yeah. relocating their factories yeah. over there, and you're still buying from a Chinese owned company yep. in another country that's it yeah. so yeah if your your stance is to i don't want to support this country then that's the, it's not going to happen because yeah, you're, you're going to struggle to find yeah them. you're going to struggle and probably not going to get to the quality you want anyway so it's like you might as well just not do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry but that's what's going to happen it's tough man it's, it's, yeah. it's tough um yeah i mean i feel like that's everything for me yeah. No, I, I think that, you know everyone should just like I said, just focus on figuring out how to build your brand, brand strongly. Learn all these other ways to grow your audience um, using the traditional old school models like email, you know, and and actually building up things the right way, and then you'll insulate yourself from any kind of changes that happen, regardless of what comes up in the next ten years. What are you doing for 2020? I'm closing out that podcast. Oh, I 
just building up more into the, I think we mentioned this before, but I believe more in like membership models, for example. It's like building to the point where you can actually offer, you know, taking the best of everything we talked about, but then having the, your community pay you on a monthly basis and deciding the products they want to produce is the, the ultimate goal. Like I'm trying to make all my businesses like transition to the more of that kind of model. Because yeah. then it allows you to have things crowdfunded by your own membership and then build things that they are happy about. So they never receive their product and go, I didn't want this. It's like, most of you guys voted on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so everyone's gonna be happy. And then it just starts growing your community even more because then you realize you're building unique products around them. Where can you get that? Like off the shelf, right? Nice. All these things are more built around them. And that's, you know. Yeah, I think that's what, uh, I'm not sure if, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure they're still doing it that way. Vincero's business model was that and they started off very broad, but they've narrowed down the niche. But it's basically like men's accessories. Okay. So they would have like, you know, a watch, a belt, and something else. And, they, and then they would have their community vote on which one sure. they liked the most. And then obviously when they launched their crowdfunding campaign, the first people to buy the product were the, of course. the people from the community. Because they already gave them the idea yeah. that it's probably something that will succeed in the first place. Yeah. So see, the minimum you're gonna do is what your goal was. Anything on top of that is gonna be icing on the it's cake, right? The cake, it's like, exactly. hey, there you go. Yeah. So on that note, that's what I think everybody should, you know, I believe everybody should try to do that at least, or look at that kind of model. So if they wanna learn more, do you know they, they know where to reach me? <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys, um, so that's it. Um, if you like this kind of content, like, comment, share, subscribe, 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 and I will see you guys next week. See you guys. This webinar is a first for SFA. It's gonna be one of the first webinars that we do that's not 100% sourcing focused, although we will be talking about manufacturing. The focus of the topic is going to be how to launch, pre-launch your product and get hundreds if not thousands of sales before you even start manufacturing. So uh, my co-host of this webinar is Luke Francis, and if you're familiar with my Entertainer days, um, you would have seen me in some videos with him. Um, he basically helps e-commerce businesses gain an audience, uh, validate their product, and get pre-sales through crowdfunding before you start manufacturing your product, which minimizes your risk. So uh, the dates of the webinar will be in the link in the description below and somewhere below me on the screen. And uh, on top of that, I'm gonna pass it on to Luke because he's got a special gift for only the people that attend the webinar live. So this is the first webinar that we're doing in 2020. We're trying to do it big. I hope to see you there. Cheers. Thanks Rico for that introduction. I'm super excited to present this webinar to you on the five steps to get your customers to pay for your first production order. You don't even have to have inventory and you don't even have to put a down payment down for the first order. Your customers are gonna cover all that for you. And I'm gonna show you how to make that happen through strong customer connection, which you can then leverage into a long lasting and meaningful brand, not just a fly by night, get rich quick money grab. And if that sounds interesting to you, then definitely sign up. Um, and, and as a bonus for those that do sign up, I'm gonna hand out a free video that lays out the framework and the foundation for um, building this connection with your customers. And so everybody that signs up, you get that free video um, and I'll deliver that to you. So look in your inbox when you sign up, you'll get the email from me and you can watch that video right away. So look forward to seeing you on the webinar.